right, right, here we go. This is the NBA Dream Podcast for RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I'm your host, Sleepy J, joined once again by NBA betting expert Mackenzie Rivers. Mackenzie and myself will go ahead, we'll cover some hot NBA topics, the NBA Saturday games, and of course, our best bets. Also, our featured segment for today. Uh, we're going to go ahead, we're going to cover the Saturday 5 that is locked and loaded for today. Uh, we'll go ahead, we'll put a thread up in the pregame.com forums. We'll put our five players in there. Uh, Mackenzie, with all that out of the way, we have to go ahead and we have to rip and run through this today. You're going to go ahead, you're going to start out here with your game. This one is between the Pelicans and the Suns. Current line in this game right now, Suns minus three and a half. We have a total of 227. What are you looking at for that one? This is a fascinating matchup for me. Let's talk about these teams. This is uh, obviously a playoff rematch. Last year they met in the first round. And at that point, it looked like um, the Pelicans were maybe, you know, like a junior version of the Suns. You know, they had their new coach, their new black coach, uh, Willie Green, former player like Monty Williams for the Suns. And the kind of built, the kind of model that the Suns had built um, around Devin Booker seemed like it could work with Brandon Ingram. And the Suns had just put up the best regular season by far, where the Pelicans started off 3-16 and last year. And then they slowly clawed their way back with their new coach. And um, they got there. They got into the playoffs. They got into the mix. And then it was much closer than uh, we imagined when it, when it took to six, even with Devin Booker missing a couple games. Well, now it looks like the Pelicans are where the Suns were. They are the right now the third best team in the West, only the, or the third best team in the league. Only the Grizzlies have a better have better numbers so far in the West and the Suns have gone in the opposite direction, especially of late. So no team has done worse versus their year to date numbers over the last two weeks than the Suns. 10 points worse. They were plus four over the last two weeks. They're minus six, 10 points worse. No one has that kind of differential. So what's happened? Well, you know, 12 days ago, Chris Paul came back and he's shooting 38% from the field last 12 days he's shooting 38 percent from the field for the season he has not been and we talked about this early on in the season since that third game of the maverick series he's really fallen off a cliff i've been you know a fan of chris paul especially the last like five years uh the way he's taking care of his body the way he takes care of the ball you know i think that's an underrated stat turnovers and he's won 60 percent of his games ats since he's gone vegan since he left houston um but Things end, you know, not everybody's Tom Brady. Not everybody can uh, push father time back that far. And he hasn't been himself. And a lot of the times, a lot of the times with Chris Ball, oh, he's two for six. But, you know, if you watch the game, you know, he was the best player on the court, doing everything, moving people around. Yeah, and sometimes he's two for six and he's not good, you know, and, he, and he's not uh, a viable defensive option. And and he has three turnovers. more, And, you know, that's more than the two for six field goals. So it's not as easy to say, oh, you can't look at the numbers. He's Andre Siniesta. You can't look at the numbers. What he does is, no, no. Sometimes he plays bad, and I'm not sure if the market is caught up to that. The Pelicans on the other side, they were a team last year with Brandon. When they didn't have Brandon Ingram, they couldn't compete. Again, they started out 3 for 16 when he was banged up. In the second half of the year, after the All-Star break, they were 9-1 and one straight up in ATS with Brandon Ingram, but that was – you know, hidden by the fact that they were like one in five or two and six without him. Uh, so they really had like one of the better second halves of any team in the league when they were healthy. They just weren't healthy that often after the All-Star break last year. Well, he goes down end of November and he's been playing. He's been working with Zion. I give Zion a ton of credit all the time for being flexible and versatile and, you know, getting in where he fits in. 
So the question was, all right, they're playing pretty well with uh, Brandon Ingram. Now that he goes down, how much of a Brandon Ingram reliant team are they? Are they going to fall off a cliff like they did last year? Or is Zion Williamson going to make the difference? Well, they're seven and two straight up, five and four ATS since Ingram went down. So you said this on Twitter at sleepyj underscore pregame. He's a top 10 player in the league right now, arguably. He's putting up those kind of numbers. And the fact that the Pelicans haven't fallen off speaks to that. So oftentimes we can make too much out of the first two months of the season. You know, teams aren't really there yet. But in this case, I think at the end of the year, we're going to be talking about the Suns as a contender. I mean, I'm sorry, the Pelicans as a contender. And the Suns, they might get back there, but they are right now, in my opinion, like a ninth seed. The way they've been playing DeAndre Ayton, not going to be there Saturday. Since they've since Cam Johnson went down, kind of an underrated uh, loss. 11-10 straight up, 10-11 ATS, losing by two points versus expectations. They're just an average team right now. And again, with Chris Paul coming back, that hasn't changed. If anything, it's gotten a little bit worse. So, um, you know, I've kind of already talked out the handicap, so I'm not going <laughs> to have you guys wait. My best bet is going to be on the Pelicans plus three and a half here. Um, I actually don't understand this number. To say that, okay, right now, you know, Pelicans are playing a little bit better. But no, this number says the Suns are playing are a significantly better team. Home court is two, two and a half in the regular season, maybe. Maybe if it's a good home court. I don't know, it's a busy sports day. I'm not sure if the, if the Suns fans are going to be there uh, all, you know, full tilt. So even if we give them three, no way right now I'm going to say the Suns are a better team without DeAndre Ayton than the Pelicans without Brandon Ingram. I can't see it. If anything, I think this should be a pick em. Pelicans significantly better, home court, balance it out. Yeah, I think Chris Paul's going to bounce back. He's not going to shoot 38% for the whole season, but he's shooting 38% right now. So don't understand this number. I think it's wrong. Vegas is wrong coming up. Vegas is wrong right now. Best bet, Pelicans plus three and a half. All right, I don't mind that, Mac. I do have a couple questions for you, though, with, with these two teams in specific. Let's go back a couple podcasts ago. We were talking about you know, how Zion had three seconds left and he uh, proceeded to do a 360 windmill dunk at the end of the game where they were up all these points. The Suns took offense to that. You know, campaign took offense to that. He went right over and started pointing his finger at, you know, at, at Zion. I felt like like the Pelicans kind of punked them because it wasn't just one win. It was back to back wins against them. Do you feel like that the that the Pelicans kind of punk them in a sense? Because if you do, then I have something on top of that. It's a great point. Uh, they definitely, whenever you call out your competition for being unsportsmanlike, that's a big ask the next day to prove it, to you know, have the sports gods on your back and say, you know what, F that, we're winning. But no, they lost in overtime the next game. I don't, I don't, I don't usually use the word punked or choked or, or things like that because I'm, I'm not exactly sure what, uh, what, what is conveyed when, when we use those words. But they beat them good, and I think it's an important point because – we were talking about on the NBA bet tank, the idea of revenge and how that really hasn't been um, uh, an attractive place to be as a sports better this year in the NBA. Teams off revenge in the last four days. I know this wasn't four days ago. One in nine now with the Knicks winning yesterday, ATS in the last 10. So teams that are winning are just coming back and beating you again. We saw that with the Pelicans and the Jazz. They, if anything, this year, it's a confidence builder. I mean, I may, it's just one year of, of data, but it's been incredibly strong. Teams that are beating teams, Next time they play, they're just beating them again. I feel like this has kind of become one of the better rivalries right now in the NBA, and I feel like the Pelicans kind of did punk 
the Suns in the last game. And the reason I bring that up is because I wouldn't be shocked if there's a couple technicals tonight. I think that these teams are, are very slowly or very quickly uh, not liking each other. But if the Pelicans come into this game, and I think one of the reasons why the line is what it is, McKenzie, it has to do with the revenge and it has to do with the Suns being at home here. But if the Pelicans feel like that they could just punk this team, it's going to be hard for Phoenix to kind of react here. One, DeAndre Ayton's not on the floor. He's kind of like their muscle. You got guys like Crowder. You got guys like Cam Johnson that are their muscle too. They're not out there either. And then the guy who kind of, you know, wanted to make it known in campaign, he's not going to be out there either. So they're losing a lot of their vocal guys. They're losing a lot of their muscle. Um, It's going to come down to a guy like Chris Paul having, I mean, he has to bring his A game tonight. How many times have we seen an A game from Chris Paul all year? We've gotten more uh, Fs and D games from Chris Paul. And in this situation against a team that I think that that's going to go out there and really try to prove a point. Now that like we're going on your home floor now and, and we're going to beat you. Um, it, it's just, I don't know how the hell you can get the Phoenix. I think the line's wrong. Uh, I don't think there's anything in this line here, Mac, that, that we should be questioning saying, you know, well, well, what are we missing here? I don't think we're missing anything. I think that this is just the market being set at where it would normally be set. And you and I have kind of, you know, we've drilled down. So, you know, we're looking at dunks. We're looking at, uh, fights that are happening, things that are vocal and players that are out. Like we're digging a lot deeper than, you know, the odds makers are. So I think they're just setting a number that may have been, you know, a month or two ago, but that that should not be the case. Here's the thing. You're exactly right. And on t- a day like today with NHL, NFL, NBA, World Cup, anything you can think of, full college basketball slate, the market's just going to be set and then betters are going to do their thing. The booksmakers are not on top of this. So why is the line going to stay if it's wrong? My opinion, it's because it's a favorite at home. And the Suns are, you know, best team in the West last year. How many parlays are going to include this on the money line or taking the minus three and a half uh, from cross sports sports betters that really have no interest in this game other than, you know, they got a bunch of favorites they like and the Suns are one of them. Um, this might move or it might stay where it is, but I still think it's wrong. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think the biggest advantage in this game is going to actually come in the inside here for the Pelicans. If you've seen what they've done on the inside against this Phoenix team, even with DeAndre Ayton on the floor. I think Valanchunas had 25 in the first meeting, and Zion went back-to-back 35-point games. So there's no Ayton out there. You're going to have Biombo down there. My gut feeling says that Zion – He's going to fall out. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're probably going to go wild tonight. And, again, you're going to need an A++ game from Chris Paul. I just don't see it. Wrong team's favorite here. Love your pick there. Uh, with that out of the way, I have a game coming up here, but I do want to get into some – Interesting stuff here there, Mac. I'm going to go a little do a little buy or sell here with you. So this will be pretty easy. I don't know if you guys uh, had saw on Twitter and we were just talking about Chris Paul. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins came out and he said that uh, I don't know where all these people are getting this Chris Paul top five point guard all time. Say what you want. Say what you will about it. But I do want to ask you, buy or sell DeMarcus Cousins as a Hall of Fame player? DeMarcus Cousins is not a Hall of Fame player. It was not... 35 when he joined the Warriors to become that, uh, you know, fifth piece of the puzzle. He was, how old was he? He was Sorry. old. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, that's what I'm saying. He's 32 right now. So in 2019, he was 29. And he was being treated like David West at the end of his career trying to win a championship. He's not a Hall of Famer. He had some great years to start his career. And they never materialized to anything. I don't think he ever had a playoff win uh, outside of the Warriors. I was a fan of DeMarcus Cousins. He's had so much boogie in his game, as they say, boogie cousins. 
you know, he had shake on the on the block, and it was it was an attractive game. It was something different in the modern NBA. It was very effective at different points, but no, not a Hall of Famer. No, I, I think that there was a good chance for him to actually make the Hall. You know, had he not ended up with those injuries that he ended up with, I mean, that that just derailed his career because. You know, he was he was dominant earlier on. He was putting up Hall of Fame numbers for the first five, six, seven years of his career. That happens to some guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. Hey, look, he's entitled to his opinion, right? Indeed. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and stick here with Chris Paul because I want to see how much um, you would buy or sell. So let's just say that – let's say, Chris Paul, let's say that you had the opportunity here with a game-worn Rockets jersey with Chris Paul. Let's say it was gifted to you, Mac. Would you sell it or – if it was on sale, would you buy it? So do I think the market is appropriately valuing Chris Paul's game-worn Rockets jersey? Um, I would probably sell it at this point in time. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins had some comments about the top five point guards of all time, like you mentioned. Um, I'll tell you this. Damian Lillard, not done. John Morant, not done. There's some point guards where in 10, 15 years' time, I'm not sure if Chris Paul is going to be that surefire, uh, the way ESPN would call it right now. Okay, it goes Isaiah Thomas, then it goes Chris Paul. Okay, well, Isaiah Thomas won two championships. Uh, Bob Cousy won five, you know, a bunch of championships. <laughs> like, um, he might make my top five, he might not, but he's not. Uh, here are the three that are guaranteed top five point guards. Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, Steph Curry. Not hearing any arguments that they're not in the top five outside – Outside of those three, though, there's a bunch of arguments. Jason Kidd had some great years, great numbers, won the championship. So I would sell it. I would sell it. I think right now he's considered clearly a top five point guard. I'm not sure if that's the case in 10 years. All right. So what we know here is that if you guys have a Chris Paul Rockets jersey that was game worn and you had bought that for Mackenzie's Christmas present, you plan on selling it to him for all the winners (laughs) that he's been giving you, just know that it will be sold rather quickly. Well, what do you what what yeah? What do you make of 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 Cousins of his uh, controversial Twitter comments that got everybody rattled? I felt like there was something underlying there, Mac, and I don't know if it was personal or if it was just his genuine opinion, which he's entitled to. But I felt like it was more there was something underlying there that there was something personal there. He had mentioned something like Rondo was better than Chris Paul, and then I I kind of just I think I turned it off. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned that because I remember hearing an interview from Cousins like 2009, 2010, whenever he was first in the league. And they asked him at the time, uh, you know, Wade was in the league, Kobe was in the league. Uh, who's the best guard in the league? Who would you want to play with? And he's like, oh, it's not close. Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo. He's the best point guard in the league by far. It's That sounded personal, you know, Kentucky guy. Uh, you know, sometimes people get, um, you know, their feelings mixed in with their with their notions, you know, their emotions mixed in with their notions. That's and some guys won't won't cop to that. They're just going to be like, no, Rondo's the best player. If you don't think so, then you're wrong, and they're just going to maintain that. And that's kind of a not a fun argument. That's not a fun guy to t- to have a conversation with or an argument when they're stuck in their ways like that. That seems like cousin. Seems like a stubborn guy as far as these opinions, and it, it makes them worthless. About Chris Paul, though, I'll say I was kind of closer to Cousins for most of his career, like. Through 2016, when he was at the Clippers, he had got so much credit. He was the best point guard in the league. In everyone's opinion, I'm like, but Tony Parker wins. Tony Parker keeps navigating these different ways to win, and we're just going to excuse Chris Paul flaming out in the playoffs? I was not about that. I was I was probably you know pessimistic on Chris Paul's uh, legacy for most of his career. However, things changed. The fact that he's evolved, you know, from 30 to 35, and played this excellent basketball for different franchises, you know, elevating them. 
that's impressive. You know, I give credit where his credit's due. And given that entire legacy, how efficient he was throughout the whole wins and losses and great teams and bad teams, he's clearly a top 10 point guard. He's clearly one of the best point guards of all time. Where you want to rank him, you know, that's a personal choice. But, uh, uh, you know, I think Cousins is on one end, and it's clearly wrong, and there's plenty of people on the other end, and I think they're clearly wrong too. All right. Well, hopefully he doesn't look like a top five point guard tonight because we're going to go ahead and we're going to fade him. True. Uh, but I do have a couple more buy and sells here. McKenzie, uh, here's a good one for you. So let's take both of the New York teams, the Knicks and the Nets, both of the L.A. teams, Clippers, Lakers. By which city you think has the most combined wins at the end of the regular season? Ooh, this is this is a good question. This is a good question because the Clippers have vastly underperformed expectations. Knicks are about expectations. At the beginning of the year, it would seem like Lakers-Clippers for sure. But now Nets have played the best by far out of these four teams. And the Knicks, they just beat the Bulls twice, which I which I appreciated as someone with the Bulls under ticket. Uh, Stalling here. I'm going to go with the Nets and the Knicks because I think the Clippers are going to go for the eighth seed. They really don't care about the regular season. And the Lakers, I know they won. Steph, uh, Anthony Davis got a nagging injury. You know, these things tend to happen. And, um, yeah, so I'm going to say the Clippers and Lakers have less wins than the Nets and the Knicks at the end of the season. Good question, though. All right, I'm with you with that one. I agree with a lot of that. I do think that the Clippers are kind of just cruising through, hoping they end up not in the playing game. They're happy if they're a seven and eight seed, and then they'll you know see if magic can happen. But I'm with you with that one. I would go with the New York teams finishing with a better uh, regular season. Final one here there, Mac. Buy or sell Team LeBron winning a six-straight All-Star game? Buy. Buy. You know what? Not only is he a great player – He's a great recruiter and a great strategizer, LeBron James. And um, definitely not a coincidence he won five straight. He picks the right guys. And, he, and down the stretch, it seems like he cares. And he has an engine that is unparalleled in sports maybe ever as far as being able to gear it up faster and quicker than other guys. And, uh, yeah, he's a great all-star game player, no doubt. I, I, I'll buy that. I would buy that one too. And it makes sense because, you know, LeBron has had it. I would say, you know, probably had to put his GM hat on more than probably any player in the league. But you know, he knows he knows what it's like to go ahead and kind of construct the team and obviously win five straight NBA All-Star games. Uh, maybe there's something to that. So uh, that's it for buy and sell. Fun stuff there. Let's go ahead and let's get into my game for today. Mac, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the Cavs-Mavs over 216. We have two of the slowest-paced teams in the league. Actually, these are the two slowest paced teams in the league right now. And a point per game average that pretty much hits the mark here uh, at 216. So the total seems right, but both teams right now are on a back to back. The defense, I think it could be a little bit sloppier here tonight for both of these teams. Both teams last night, they, they really had the offense going. And I feel like the players that are going to do the majority of the ball handling and the scoring tonight are actually bad matchups for the defensive matchups that they're going to go up against. Luca and Wood. They're just too big, too strong, and Mitchell and Garland, they're just a little bit too fast. These teams just played on Wednesday, and only 195 points were scored in that game, but both teams were rested going into that game. This is just a different dynamic. I think the different venue changes things up. Luka and Wood went for 50 combined in that game. Mitchell and Garland went for 46. I expect both of those groups to exceed what they did in the last game. I think that this is probably a wise guy type play here. 
Cavs Mavs over 216. I like that one there, Mac. I, I felt like this was truly a wise guy type of play, that a quick turnaround second look for some of the league's best players, they're going to be able to figure it out and improve on what they did last game. So over 216 for me. That's what I'm looking at for that game. Not sure if you put any thought into that or even looked at that game, but what are your thoughts on that? I'm looking at it now. It looks like it, it, it's moved up from 214, now 216. So the sharp money, early sharp money is on it. And it makes a lot of sense for this reason. If for whatever reason, the Mavericks and the Cavs, uh, you know, in different conferences, meet in the NBA finals and it's a game seven, that might be the most surefire 65% winner underplay in history. You know, it has everything that you want for an underplay in a certain environment when both of their teams uh, are benefited from playing slow and taking care of the ball and, and are chagrined to risk the pace that will, uh, you know, hurt them. In this case, you got a double back-to-back scenario in December where Donovan Mitchell just had 40. Luka Doncic just had 33 in 28 minutes, so he got the rest. Uh, this has the makings of a shootout, in my opinion. This is as a makings of, uh, let me you know flex my, my wings a little bit here uh, from those two's perspective and a bunch of guys that want to make a statement here. I, I like this. I like this. This is a good play. And uh, the fact that it's moved early from from um, – from two slow-paced teams tells tells you a lot because usually most Cavs games uh, against good competition, I, I I would see it trickling down as as more money comes into the market. This is a different scenario, and I think you identified a good uh, a good factor why that is the case. And I think that the the number in the last game closed. I want to say it was two seventeen, two seventeen and a half, and I wasn't surprised when I saw the the number come out a little bit you know lower, obviously because these teams only had one hundred ninety five. Different last day. Game. Yep. And I was like, you know what? Maybe there's a little bit of extra value there, too. Once the market started moving on, I'm like, I might go ahead and just move on that as well. Uh, so with those two games out of the way, let's go ahead and let's jump into uh, everybody's favorite segment of the podcast. And we just cannot stump this Mackenzie Rivers guy. I'll tell you that. We got NBA Jeopardy coming up. Mac, I, I, I dug deep on this one. I said, how the hell could I get Mackenzie? I'm like, I got to find something like totally obscure, something really weird. And I started looking into like NBA rules and NBA weird rules. And I'm like, yeah, this is perfect. I'm like, I'll get him with this stuff. So let's go ahead. Let's start this out there, Mac. We'll do a little true and false. Uh, if, for, if McKenzie gets us right, he gets 100 pregame bulk dollars. And then he can go ahead. He could bet it all or, or save a little bit for double jeopardy. But Mac, uh, we all saw the videos of Shaquille O'Neal dunking the basketball, breaking backboards. Mac, true or false? If a player dunks the basketball and it goes through the hoop and the glass breaks, the basket does not count. It's a great question. <laughs> they always celebrate after the dunk, but should they be actually like with their hands on their head, like, oh man, it was roughing the passer, it doesn't count. It's got to count. Goes through the basket. Uh, it is, especially if you're the road team. Think about it. If you're the road team, you're Shaq. They give you a flimsy-ass basket, and now your basket doesn't count? No. If anything, you should get four points. I'm going to say that is false. All right. Well, according to the NBA rules, the basket does not count. Wow. And on top of it. I got to call my connects at the United Center. We got we got some strategizing. On top of it, Mac, you get a technical foul. What? Yes. So All right. I, another thing I disagree with the NBA on is I'll add it to the list. <laughs> All right, well, you might want to add this one to the list, too. 
so since you got that wrong there, you still got a hundred dollars uh, of pregame bulk dollars in your account there. How much of that do you want to risk here on Double Jeopardy? Uh, I'll risk fifty. I mean, I, I lost the first one. I don't want to. I don't want to come come home empty handed. All right. Well, if you save those fifty pregame bulk dollars, you guys can go over to pregame.com and go ahead and get a pick package for the bowl games today. We got a lot up there. I think AJ Hoffman has some games up there. Anyways, he got his UFC stuff today. Mac has his stuff. I got my stuff. So uh, get your pregame bulk dollars ready to go for today, Mac. You're only going to risk 50. This is it's kind of odd. Usually you make it a true <laughs> one, but uh, let's see if I can go ahead and stump you with this one. NBA teams get six timeouts per half. Mac, if a team uses all six timeouts in the third quarter and they do not save one for the fourth quarter, do they receive a technical foul? question too it's it sounds so specific like it's true but i don't know it to be true um in a video game you don't i know that in nba 2k you get to use all those timeouts as soon as you like but i feel like that's true there's something about it where it's like wait a minute there's two minutes left and you haven't had a timeout for 14 minutes your players are dying uh i'm gonna say that is true you are correct you do have to save a timeout for the fourth quarter and i did not know this as well that you need to use four of your timeouts through an entire half. Reason being, ad space. The NBA mm. will penalize. You. Yes, will will penalize you for not using at least four timeouts uh, in a half. But you do have to go ahead and save one timeout for the fourth quarter. If you do not, you will receive a technical foul. So interesting there. NBA Jeopardy. A little trivia for you guys there, Mac. Um, We'll give you your 100 pregame bulk dollars for going ahead and getting that final question right. So if you guys want some uh, savings over there at pregame.com, simple. Just go over there, enter NBA23. That'll save you guys 23% off any pick package. If you guys have pregame bulk dollars, you can use those too. I'm not sure if your discount counts for pregame bulk dollars as well, but it certainly will go ahead and uh, give you a discount on your cash purchase there. So simple and easy, NBA23. Plenty of packages over there for you guys uh, to go ahead and save some money. Mac, with all that stuff out of the way, why don't we go ahead and get into best bets? You had already talked about the Pelican-Suns game. Uh, I believe you already gave yours out, correct? Yes, I'm on the Pelicans plus three and a half. And use that promo code NBA23 to save 23% off anything on pregame.com. All right, Mac. So let me go ahead and give you mine. And this might not be that much of a surprise, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play Yusuf Nurkic over points, rebounds, and assists. And this line is not out yet, but I'm guessing it's going to come out somewhere around 26.5 to 29.5. So what's your buy price, 29.5? 29 will be will be the cutoff. I'll go ahead. I'll make a small pizza bet on that. But I, I, I believe the number is going to come out here uh, at 27.5 points, rebound, and assists. Right on. This, for me, is just a, it's a great matchup for him. Houston, they have little offer to defend against Nurkic. He's been playing... In my opinion, probably his best ball right now, the last time out versus Houston, he went for 27 points, 15 rebounds, and one assist. So that was a PRA of 43. I won't be surprised if they drop this here, Mac, at 29.5. If they do, let's just go pizza bet on that. But the Blazers right now are going to be on a back-to-back. And that might give people a little bit of caution here. But Nurkic, he's going to get a full run tonight. He only played 22 minutes last night. This is just a plus EV matchup versus the Rockets in a game where the total is kind of relatively high here. So I'm definitely going to go ahead. I'm going to get down on this. Nurkic has been playing really well. This is a great matchup for him. 
So 27 and a half PRA, that's what I think the number will be, but we'll go ahead and we'll play that up to 29 and a half. So that's going to be my best bet for today. Make sure you guys keep an eye out for that one. As I said, it's not out. So shop around, check FanDuel, check DraftKings, check all your books. That's what we're going for. My best bet, Yusuf Nurkic, over 27 and a half points, rebounds and assists. Mac, you got any thoughts on that one? I like it. You identified the matchup where couldn't play last night against the Mavericks. Got ran off the court. Um, this is going to be a little different. This is a get-right game uh, for Yusuf Nurkic versus the Rockets. All right, so you guys got our best bets there. Let's jump over to our featured segment, and this will be in the pregame.com forum. Just go to pregame.com, go into the forums, and enter your five players. We're going to go ahead. We're going to call this the Saturday Five. We put five players uh, that we think will end up with the highest combined score. If you guys end up with the highest combined score for the day, you'll get 55 pregame bulk dollars added to your account. Mac, you have the five players. I like this list. I actually like three of these guys a lot. Uh, one of these players is going to invo- be involved in our agreed-upon player prop. But I'll let you go ahead and rip and run. What do you got? Who are our five guys? So we already talked about one of these guys. Zion Williamson will be up against a pretty finesse Suns team without their center, without their beginning of the year starting power forward. Uh, 35 each of the last two times he played against these Suns. I think Zion uh, goes a little bit nuts. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he's the highest scorer on the day um, in that matchup. We already talked about one of these games, Mavericks-Cavs. Sleepy likes the over. I think the over is going to hit because of these two players. Donovan Mitchell had 40 last night. Luka Doncic had 33, importantly, in only 28 minutes. So I know you're on the over here. What do you think about uh, that particular matchup? Were you looking at these players when you're handicapping that game? I think when you end up with teams that run slower pace, defensive-type teams, the best players have to go ahead and show up. And I could see Mitchell... It wouldn't shock me, Mac, if, if he took 28 shots tonight. It wouldn't shock me if Luka took 28. Like, I feel like with these two players, you're going to get the volume that you need. So, there's, there, in my opinion, there's probably no reason why we shouldn't have these guys there because when we're looking at playing any type of player over, you're just not trying to go ahead and say, yeah, he, he's going to get there because, he, you know, he could score really well. You have to factor the volume in, and I think 28, maybe, I wouldn't want to say 30 shots, but 27, 28 shots for these guys is not out of the question tonight. That's what I expect So, uh, in full support here. Let me go ahead and mention one thing, though, about Zion. What was it, a couple podcasts ago, maybe on, on one of our NBA Bet Tank pods, about considering taking Zion for the MVP. I immediately bet that right after we got off the podcast. and went over there. I bet it at FanDuel. I got it at 50-1. to 1. It's down to 21-1 to 1 right now. Yeah. So it was a great bet. But right now, Zion, it seems like he's kicking it in the gear. So I love that one. And you also included another game in which we're going to have a head-to-head matchup. You have Ja, you have SGA. What are you liking about those two guys? Yeah, and by the way, real quick, on the NBA bet tank, I gave out Luka over 41.5 points and assists. Well, you almost got there at halftime, and he almost didn't get there for the game. He did cash for us, but because he only played 28 minutes. Uh, in this matchup as a four-point underdog, I expect him to be needed a little bit more. The last two players in, in this Saturday Five of ours, John Morant is facing SGA. We have another point guard, point guard, mano a mano matchup when the Grizzlies face the Thunder. And uh, super high total in this game, 233 and a half. And on almost any night we do this, the Saturday Five um, or the Wednesday Five, depending on when we do it, these guys have to be there. They're that consistent, best players in the league, uh, not particularly noted defensive players. So Lou Dort, one of the better Thunder players, uh, he just got hurt. He's not going to be there. This has up and down uh, two players showing off 
written all over it. What do you make of this one? Uh, John Morant and SGA, those are our last two of our Saturday Five. Well, I think the interesting thing here with these two players is that, you know, you can make an argument for either player. So they're going to go out there and flex their muscle um, as, as who's the better, you know, who's the better point guard here. The total is just so damn high that how do you not get these guys into your lineup? Um, what, what's SGA's uh, points prop for tonight? It's like probably 30 and a half. It's 30 and a half. Yep. Jaws probably 27, 28 and a half. So, you know, for you to go ahead and, and buck these two players in this game with that high of a total, it, it's kind of, um, it's probably minus EV. It's probably not a smart thing to do. So those will be our five guys. We got Mitchell, we got Luca, we got Ja, we got SGA, and we have Zion Williamson. Mac, we've been close, but I'll tell you what, um, I think we're, we're exploiting matchups tonight more than anything. And, and this one might actually come home for us. There's the idea in DFS of stacking. And that's what we're doing here. If we get two shootouts, overtime games, in a Mavericks Cavs or Grizzlies Thunder, then very likely not only one of our players, but both of our players at the same time will do well. I think we got a shot to win this. I think we got like a 10% shot to win this. We're going to do it. All right. Well, hopefully we don't have that many signups. And well, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> but we'll say it. Hopefully we end up winning. But, uh, you know, so we can talk a little bit of shit on you guys. But um, so, th- so that'll wrap up the Saturday five. Let's get into our agreed upon player prop bet. Matt, we've been red hot with these. I mean, this is, I don't want to say as automatic as automatic gets, but uh, if it comes down to making money, uh, you definitely want to be following these. And our agreed upon player prop bet today, um, it's going to be John Morant over 43.5 points, rebounds, and assists. Mac, let me just make a really quick case here to go ahead and play these individually. His points prop, 27.5. His rebound prop right now is at 6.5. And, and I believe his assist prop, is at eight and a half. He's gone over his assists in four straight games. His rebounds, uh, I believe he's gone over three out of the last four. And his points, although this is one of the higher point totals that we've seen, uh, he's been under there. But again, we just talked about this total is super sky high. But let me bring all that back onto why I think that this is important. And I think if you can find John Morant to go ahead and record a triple-double tonight at six to one or better, that you put a pizza bet down on that. Mackenzie and I talked a while back about the MVP and conversations that were involved there. I said, Mac, I said, look at all these guys that are winning these MVPs. It's Westbrook. It's guys like Luker in the conversation. You got guys like Giannis. What are they doing? Well, they're they're racking up triple doubles. If you're not putting up triple doubles, you are slowly being disregarded as an MVP candidate. And I'm not saying that Jaws going out and he's this big triple double guy, but he's had three all year long. He's had two in his last three games, and I just wonder if there's a light bulb that has gone off in his head saying, you know what, man, it, it, it feels nice to you know read the newspaper and be like, John Morant, triple-double and a big win. This team's been winning games, like, what are they, on like six, seven straight in a row. This is not a triple-double guy, but he, you know, he, he gets his rebounds, he gets his assists and his points. I think there's a real strong possibility tonight that he ends up with like 12 assists, 10 rebounds, 20-some points, and he gets a triple-double, Mac. I'm not sure if you like that. I, I would give that out here as a pizza bet, and I'll go ahead. I'll say you know that that this is a wager that I would make if you can find it, and, and you might get maybe one or two of these a year. This is the time to do it. What, what's your buy price for the triple-double? My buy price for the triple-double, I would say six to one. I, I would feel like I'm uh, I'm happy with that. I would be happy with that. But 43.5 points, rebounds, and assists, 
Jock could easily get to 40 points tonight with a total this high, and then everything else is just gravy. So 43 and a half is just way too low for me there, Mac. I'm all over this one. Again, triple-double if you can find it, bet it, pizza bet it. If it's 5-1, to 6-1, to one, we're all right with that. It might even be better than that. I don't know. But we'll see. So that's where I'm at with that. I, I love Jod today my, there, Mac. Love this play. Started this podcast talking about how the Suns were the worst team recently compared to their year-to-date numbers. The Grizzlies are by far the best team recently compared to their year-to-date numbers. And there's a good reason for it. I know John Morant got tired of hearing the Grizzlies are 10-0 and without him, 12-2 and without him, 15-2 and without him. Now they're maybe their second best player now, Desmond Bain, not there. And the Grizzlies are still dominating teams. And it's all about John Morant. 30 to 1 to win MVP right now. Yeah, I, I think it's on his mind. I wouldn't bet 30 to 1, but I think he's thinking, you know, I got a better shot than that. And he's going to try to take advantage of his opportunities like he did last year. Uh Thunder, again, won't won't have Lou Dort. Not a good defensive team anyway. There's a reason why this totals this high. There's a reason why this line opened up seven and a half, shot up to eight and a half. Uh, I feel like the Grizzlies are going to have their way. I think they're, they didn't, maybe they're not going to put up 140 like they just did against the Bucks, a pretty good defensive team. Uh, but they're going to put up some numbers, and John Morant's going to be at the helm of all of that. Uh, and you make a good point where the MVP now is almost always the guy that wins the player efficiency rating. Uh, whoever has the best PER wins the MVP. It's like 11 out of the last 13 years. How do you get a good PER? You do everything. Box score, stuffer. So the fact that you got a triple-double twice in the last three games, not a surprise to me. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if you cashed that 6-1 to one bet if you can get it. And 43.5, and in my opinion, way too low. Way too low here. I think I think maybe 48.5. I think 30 points. I think his points is low, like you said, is appropriate. And I think uh, add it all up, we're probably four or five points too low here. And I think one of the, the, the reasons why I really like this there, Mac, and, and also you know the, the triple-double, is the fact that Desmond Bain's not there right now, and John Morant knows kind of like everything is on his shoulders right now. Like he has to make this team go. But if there is an opportunity for him to make a real run at an MVP case, it's going to be right now why Desmond Bain is off the floor. You and I talked about how important Bain was. I think Ja realized that within like a game or two and was like, okay, I need to take this team over. This is now has to become my team. I can't share the basketball. I need to just go out there and just do my damn thing. So um, I love this one. So we're going to go ahead and make that our agreed-upon player prop bet. John Morant over 43.5 points, rebounds, and assists. But that'll wrap up the NBA Dream Podcast for you guys for Saturday. You guys could always find Mackenzie and I uh, on RJ Bell's Dream Preview feed. Make sure you get us on Twitter, at Mac and Rivers at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Make sure you guys like and subscribe to the podcast. And if you're looking to go ahead and save some cash on some premium picks there at pregame.com, simply enter code NBA23. I hope you guys have a great Saturday. Make sure you guys go to the pregame.com forum. Get your five picks in there for the Saturday Five. I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NBA Saturday. Enjoy the games.